0: Welcome to Joy Break. I'm Shawnee Carter, CEO and founder of Reset, and this is Joy Break. It's really an opportunity to meet and learn from people who are leading startups and working at startups, driving our world forward in the most meaningful ways. In our short break, we are going to hear from Nicole Bessman about her accomplishments and aspirations, mentors and role models who helped them along the way, and how she's finding joy and balance in the midst of it all. Nicole, welcome.
1: Hi, Shawnee.
0: Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, Nicole. Um, I have to caution everyone that we've known each other for about 13 years at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I'm really excited to be able to talk to you about some things that we might not necessarily walk through on a day-to-day basis. I was just informed yeah. that Nicole mutes our group chats, so... <laughs> <this> is- <laughs> No, but I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's a good fact to know. Like, this is part of how you take care of yourself. Apparently, yes. we're just too much for you. Um, but let, let me tell everyone else a little bit about you first. Nicole Desman is the founder of ShipFair, which leverages excess lead goods capacity to deliver goods around the world. She also serves as a marketing and strategy consultant to international agencies and is an active member of the Global Shapers community. Nicole graduated with an MBA from Cornell University and a bachelor's in business administration from the illustrious Howard University. Okay. Welcome again, Nicole. <laughs> uh, so, thank you. So, do you want to start off by talking a little bit about how you came to found SHIP There, and you know what brought you to this point?
1: Sure. Um, so the main I would say about three inflection points I had over the last seven or so years, eight or so years of my work experience. The first was that you guys know I started my career in nonprofit, the nonprofit space while we were at Howard. And actually I remember um, there was a time in one of our classes that the teacher asked, the professor asked something about, Oh, so does anyone happy any experience in nonprofit something? And we had just started like that year. And I remember the entire class including you and other people looked at me and I was like, I didn't know I became the expert in the group. But um, I mean, That goes to just show that while I was in school, I was just trying out a couple things I was really passionate about, um, and that included the nonprofit space. So when I graduated, I moved to Liberia um, with the goal of expanding my nonprofit that I had started in the maternal and infant mortality space, and I thought that that was going to be it. And so um, that turned out not to be it, because I was really dismayed with what I found in, in the international aid space and just how it works and how um, it's not really set up for the people that it's helping to succeed, right? Um, and it's not for a lack of world or good intention. It's just that that's helped me, the aid of the sheets, but for a very long time. And so at the same time, I ended up pivoting to apply my same skills in the nonprofit space to um, the Seaport industry. And so I actually went into marketing, marketing strategy space, which is super, super niche in Seaport. And um, while it was my job to, you know, source deals and find additional um, private agencies or companies that wanted to do business imports and exports through our four-port systems, um, I found that that wasn't really the hard part of my job. The hardest part of my job was seeing, these small businesses who had already done all the work of getting business abroad, but found it really difficult to get their small parcels and packages internationally. And so that's when I decided when I came back to the that I wanted to solve that problem. And that in solving that problem, I could solve the original thing I was passionate about, which is just economic freedom for people in the Black diaspora.
0: And how does it feel to be a founder right now, specifically at this time during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many feels like it's been the best of times and the worst of times all together in both extremes, you know, so I had actually initially planned to launch our pilot June 1st, and um, our entire business model of ship fair is based on the extra leverage capacity of travelers, and in order for it to work, people need to be traveling. Never in a million years did I ever think that there would ever be a point in time in human history that we would stop traveling. Right. And that just happened to be around the time when I was going to launch my pilot. Right. So that hasn't been great. But uh, what has been great, though, is having the space and time and opportunity to think about strategy going forward, to think about how I can reorient and look at you know the go to market strategy a little differently. I think that's been great. Um, but, you know, it's very difficult to plan for the future when you're unsure about what the future looks like. Right. And so that's where I am now.
0: Yeah, it, it takes a lot of faith and um I, I think just goodwill and strength that some people don't possess, but I think it's and something, optimism, right? Optimism. And yeah. it's something unique to people who are okay with starting their own business and going out on their own. And so that's something that I really admire in you. Um, <sighs> and and I, I want other people to get a sense of who Nicole is could you speak a little about how you want to be remembered uh, not to get a, not to get too morbid, but right, right now, you know, you're known as, you're, you're known as a founder, you're known as a great sister and a daughter and a friend. Um, so how, how do you think about who Nicole is and how do you want to either improve upon that version or what do you want to kind of continue to carry forward with you?
1: Yeah. Um, that's a really good question because I think that this time and this period and, you know, all of our lives, particularly in my situation, it's been a great time to also think about that um, and specifically not focus on um, the external and how I want to be remembered and more so the internal. And for me, that means, you know, how can I be a better sister to my siblings who are becoming aging teenagers with, you know, their own sort of attitude and ideas and perspectives about life, especially now. We have so much civil unrest, racial injustice currently in this country, right? So I think those things have become more important to me in this period than ever before. And so when I think about how I want to be remembered, I think my first priority is to my family being there for them during a time like this, especially for my siblings, because they need that guidance now more than ever. Um, And then as I think about externally, I'm super passionate, you know, within our friend group about Africa and the economic prosperity of Africa, because as a Liberian-American, I've always had these two identities where one has been upheld and the other has been considered, can I curse you, a whole country, right?
0: <laughs> so, yeah, you, you can curse just a little bit. I think you're allowed to okay. curse words.
1: Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. there we go. All right. So, yeah, so for me, um, holding those two identities in tension, I've always felt, like, the disparity between the two of them. Um, and so the thing about how I want to be remembered externally, I think it's, you know, upholding and showcasing all the beautiful talent and people that I've been able to see on the African continent. So I'm trying to do that in one way with my company, Shipper.
0: And can you speak a little bit about how you're balancing being a founder and running a business while also dealing with the unrest? I know that you're spending a lot of time with your family and making sure you're walking them through it. Um, how are you how how are you balancing that it just seems like it's a lot to handle and there are lots of posts and you know a lot of people really speaking up about the mental burden that is on people right now just within their workplaces and I can only imagine the mental stress would increase when you are actually responsible for your own company
1: yeah um I wish I could say all the great things that I'm doing and I know this one thing is working and it's going great. Right. Uh, but that's definitely not the case. I think what I can say is that I have been inspired by, you know, a lot of my friends and, you know, you in particular, Shani, like you encouraged me to get out outside and not be you know, Dracula and be in the house all day, focusing just like poundingly at the computer. Right. So I've done, more of that, like getting more vitamin D, and making time to go outside and just be, to separate myself, not only from like my work, but also from the constant noise, um, you know, as a result of what's happening, um, because of racial injustice in this country, right? So I think that's been great. The other thing is that I have a million different apps, right? And (laughs) I have an app for almost everything. And so I think There are are some things that bring me a lot of joy, even if they're just, like, trivial, playing certain types of games or something. Like, I I definitely believe in that kind of science in terms of just, you you know, shutting off your brain to the things that are hard to do, but giving your brain a break and doing like something that's really trivial, right? Um, So I do a lot of that, maybe a little bit too much sometimes.
0: (laughs) What are some of the things that really bring... Can you talk a little bit about things that bring joy for you? Yeah,
1: so I'm a really big fan creative industries, period, music, to art, and dance. And it's something that I think it was a seed that was sown in me since high school. I went to the um, arts and humanities high school. And so I was in and around that often. I expressed myself in that way often, too. Like, you won't even believe, Shawnee. There was a point in time in my life where I thought I was a singer or I was going to be a singer. It was terrible. I can't sing, actually. But, you know, I went to this high school. When I was around a lot of people who expressed themselves this way. So I was just like, oh, you know, I explored it at some point. But as an adult, I think what stuck with me is um, I'm a really big fan of of dance. And so there are a lot of artists that I follow on Instagram and just like other YouTube channels that I subscribe to um, that bring me a lot of joy because I think that um, dance in particular, especially if you have a certain style, is very, the expression of it is very similar to entrepreneurship where you're trying to bring something this idea or concept you have in your head to life and help people understand it and be just as passionate about it as you are, right? So I I dive into that all the time. Just the other day, I was on there's a dance competition called Dance Forever in the the Netherlands, and they just did like their virtual version because everyone's trying to make everything virtual now. That was something that I I watched all of their auditions the other day, so that was cool.
0: Are there any um, artists from the diaspora that you really enjoy right now?
1: Music artists? Yeah. Dance? Um, I wouldn't say there aren't any new music artists, but I would say in terms of dance, though, I've been a really big fan of Lit Twins for a really long time. Um, they're my favorite artists because they span a lot of different genres and somehow fluidly they're able to just mesh it all into one. Um, from hip-hop to contemporary dance and modern
0: ballet. And I remember you telling me about them one time and mentioning how they are the same as before they met Beyonce. For those who don't know, Lake Twins tour with Beyonce and were also featured on her Homecoming um, special on Netflix. But they are the same people, have done you know many of the same routines and the same styles on the streets as when they're on the stage with the biggest superstar, arguably, on the planet.
1: Yeah. And I discovered them when we were on study abroad in France, um, when they were street dancers. So it's been really cool to see those same concepts that they had as street dancers become really appreciated and lauded and praised by people across the world.
0: Definitely. So it sounds like dance brings you joy. Art, entertainment really brings you joy. Um, and I, w- I would agree that it inspires a lot of people, and probably you as well, to continue doing what you're doing. It seems like it has a lot of the same motivations in it as for you to start shipfare in terms of just being able to bring a lot of that art back over from Africa to the U.S. and to other locations uh, through people's luggage, which I think is an amazing concept. Super excited to see that launching. I do want to dive in a little bit more into that journey to finding Shipfare. Um, who has helped or inspired you along the way
1: uh, outside of my own mother um, who you know I've seen her journey just you know in my most formative years when I was trying to decide myself like what path I wanted to take um, my mom has been um, an amazing entrepreneur and, and as her daughter I've gotten uh, a front seat to her journey and, and being able to see the extreme failures and successes, right? So that has been really fantastic. fantastic. But outside of my own family, um, I have really admired for a long time as uh, one entrepreneur from Silicon Valley named Laila Jana, and unfortunately, she passed um, earlier this year in March. But um, I think that I I have been a really big fan of female entrepreneurs who um, have somehow been able to make a name for themselves in spaces that have been um, dominated by men for a really long time. Lila did a fantastic job of that, um, a fantastic job that not only is a, a tech entrepreneur, but specifically weaving in you know, social impact. right? And so I think ultimately, um, we talked earlier about my external motivations, and I think You know, as I look to sort of like what my North Star is of what I want my legacy to be is somewhere in the lane of Layla's, where, you know, I'm able to have a social impact with my business.
0: And are there any hard choices that you've had to make so far in getting to that goal?
1: The hard choices. Yes. (laughs) And we've talked about some of them. Um, I think the main one, the obvious one that many entrepreneurs struggle with is just, um, you know, just your financial opportunities, right? I think you're you're doing an MBA right now. A lot of our friends have done MBAs, and MB uh MBAs have many great opportunities um coming out of school, right? And so I think there are definitely things that um I think may have put me further ahead financially, but um I don't think they would have driven me as much as my company has, right? Um, so ultimately, even though
0: I know I'm making the right choice I think the financial constraints has been the biggest challenge and even given the financial constraints are there some moments that you can point to for yourself that keep you going and make you feel proud and make you feel like you know you're on the right path even though it might be crooked some things are not optimal you know what, what are some of those moments that have kind of given you that affirmation that you need to keep
1: moving forward? Absolutely. Just this week, I had three women um, out of Europe message uh, Ship Fair on Instagram asking about, hey, um, not even focusing on our market. They actually all made it clear that, um, hey, we know you are building up traveler pools for Africa. But listen, we're entrepreneurs in these three European countries and we're scoping out our options to figure out, you know, what what shipping alternatives are available to us for small batches coming from Guatemala, I think it was Guatemala, Brazil, and there was one from Haiti, right? Like, all of them are social enterprises um, who are supporting artisans in these places, right? So I think even though there are these challenges and constraints, like, it really makes me happy to see that I'm working on something that, it, that people are asking for. You know what I mean?
0: Definitely. There's a need out there, and it takes people as bold and eccentric and courageous and optimistic as you to bring them to light and you know allow them to see the light of day so I, re- I really do admire you and I'm really excited to see everything that's in store for ship fair and then for you just you have so many other things on the horizon Thank you, Mari, I'm doing no thank you um is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with uh, around finding joy or how you take breaks and just balance everything that you have on your plate right now?
1: Yeah, I think that, I think um, what I'd like to part with is that um, all of this is, you know, all of this is a trial, right? There's so many things. I think, I think sometimes there's a lot of pressure to get your ritual or, you know, your self care thing all together, right? You should have it packaged in a box and it should be perfect. But I think life is one lifelong trial, right? Of all of these things. So I think that people should, I, I think all of us and including, You and I that should ease up on ourselves on just how we go about discovering the things that bring us joy because then you don't want to be in the space where you're doing the exact opposite, stressing yourself to bring yourself joy because you're trying to be this perfect type A person that knows how to like chill on command, right? (laughs)
0: Really great lesson to leave off with. Thank you so much, Nicole. You're welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Johnny. <laughs>
0: Thank you.